Welcome to another episode of Topical with Michael Schaefer. I'm joined today by very funny comedian Josh Earl. We discuss why we got to get rid of gender divisions entirely and let every athlete compete on as much drugs as they want. We explain why Wimbledon needs to only let Ukrainians play in this year's competition. Plus, we've got a new design for the Australian flag that's going to unite everyone. That's one all for podcast. One, three, 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 three. We are stripped down and ready to go. I'll never I'll surrender. But I ain't spending any time on it. Please explain. I'm going to. Okay. Josh L, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me in your house, Michael. Mate, what a joy to have it's you. Nice house. You've done I, well. I appreciate that. I said before you came, look for the uh, fence that has the Melbourne Demons colours yeah. painted on it. And I think that confused you a little bit because you know that I'm I a Sydney Swan supporter. Yeah, but I'm just like, this is the house that TikTok built. It's nice. It's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when people come in, I'm like, yeah, all that free content I'm putting out on TikTok, it's finally paid off. <laughs> Mate, thanks for coming on the pod. It's been a huge week of news and very uh, interesting slash controversial topics this week. So I'm very keen to get your thoughts on this. We both write for Great. news programs on TV. So it's finally time and for us to air our true opinions on these matters. Do the, do the audience know that you send the topics through in advance? Yes. Good. No, well, they do now. Well, you've sent some, some light-hearted ones. <laughs> Nothing serious this week happened. Because with the first three, when I left the house this day, I said hey, to my wife, I said, hey, I might, I might be cancelled after the, <laughs> when I come back. So, so just so you know. <laughs> this is your last ever podcast. That's what, People come on this podcast to get cancelled. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, next week we're going to do a bit about the N-word. So oh, I'll great. invite you back yeah. for that. Yeah, excellent. Um, so, mate, if, oh, if people listening aren't aware of this story, so FINA, which is the governing, governing body for swimming, have come out and decided that transgender women should not be allowed to compete uh, at the upcoming Olympics or the World Championships. Yep. And it's been triggered by Leah Thomas, who's a transgender woman in the US, wanting to apply to compete at the Paris Olympics. And so Fina have come out and made this decision, which has caused a lot of controversy. So she's a college swimmer, right? Yeah. yeah. She's not a professional swimmer, I think, yet. But she was originally, uh, before she transitioned, I think she was around the 400 rank in the men's division. And then she's transitioned and now she's in in the top, top few ranks in college swimming in the women's division. So it's been interesting to see like how people like react to this. Look, my take on this whole thing is... And this is the only interesting thought I have on the topic is that sport is inherently full of advantages and what is an unfair advantage and what is a fair advantage I think is so arbitrary. Yes. Because we divide people based on gender. But my thinking is this. Ian Thorpe had size 17 feet. Yep. That's a genetic advantage that he was born with, right? Now, that's not considered an unfair advantage. But surely it is an unfair advantage when you turn up at the Olympics and you're wearing flippers and yeah. everyone else has just got normal feet. I'm a big NBA fan and I would love it if there was a five foot seven basketball league. And I think I would be <laughs> in the top 200 in the world maybe. I was going to say because you love basketball. I do and love you're basketball. Qu- you're quite good. When, when, when I was younger, I... I now I'm 40. I'm not in the top 200 to five foot seven sure, players. But if they had a top 200, un- 40 plus yes. under five foot seven league, yeah, I'd be. I'd that's be your in chance. There. I'd be in there. That'd be great. Because this is my thing with this story as well. In that, like, it's so much. I feel, feel there's more kind of publicity about this story than there is about a lot of women's sports 
Yes. Anyway, and I don't think there's that many tr- trans women athletes for it to have this kind of like media furor about it. It's not like it's like Leah is not breaking all the records. She's not making it so women can't compete. It's I, I just find it fascinating that it's such a big furor over someone who is not even breaking the records. It's interesting how much airtime it does get. I don't know. I think it's just one of those cultural... What's the word? Those, those It's part of the culture wars. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's woke versus conservatism and it just has all those hot-button topics and words that media outlets, whatever the side yeah. of ideology you have, you can write a clickbaity headline for it. Yes. I think that's the reason why it's a big issue. I don't think anyone cares. Like the transgender issue was huge leading up to the election. Yeah. Um, and everyone was like, we don't give a shit about this. We want to talk about inflation or, or whatever. But for some reason, that was a huge issue. I think it's just because it's it gets everyone clicking. Yeah. gets everyone talking about it. I did a little joke about this on TikTok and I talked about the idea of people having unfair advantages all the time in sport. And it wasn't even a funny TikTok, but it went off because people are just commenting and calling me a piece of shit in the comments. And I guess my point is that people feel very strongly about it emotionally. But I do think it's interesting how we define some things as an unfair advantage and some things as a fair advantage. Look, I'm Jewish. Yeah. I think that's inherently unfair for me to go out and do sport. We used to have sports day at my school every year and God, we were so bad. Really? This is a true... Th- you're not aware that Jewish people are terrible at sport? Well, I'm just trying to think of... I know... You're trying to think of a Jewish athlete and you can't. Dolph Shays. <laughs> but that's going back to the 70s in the NBA. I don't oh, yeah. even know who that is. <laughs> and I imagine he was a five foot seven little Jewish boy. <laughs> no, he's quite big, quite big. But you, I was only saying that because you, you, you're over six foot. You're quite fit. I'm six foot one yeah. and that's the tallest a Jew can be pretty much. <laughs> I used to play ruck for my Jewish football club. Yeah. Six foot one. I'd be playing against... You know, Gentiles, yeah. seven foot. I'd be going in the ruck, and knees would be just flying past my head, yeah. just trying not to break a nose. Like once I went up and hit the ball, and I hit his ball. That's how how high this guy was. It was terrible. But this is my point: is that I think sport is full of these unfair advantages. That's what sport yeah. is, and it's so arbitrary to find. Oh, this is unfair, and this is fair. What I think, and this is a solution. I think we just get rid of the gender divisions. We have everyone compete against each other. Yep. Kind of like, I used to play mixed netball. Why can't we just do that with all sports? Yep. And I would also add, we would agree that there is always some level of doping happening in all sports. Would you agree with that? Yes. Because there's always going to be some drug out there that yeah. cannot be the thing detected. Is you, go, as I, you go all the way up to the line, but you don't cross the line. So you figure out what, what you can do to get right there and then go, right, that's, that's the cutoff. 100%. And also there's people who will go past the line because the technology for doping is yeah. better than the technology for detecting do- doping in some instances. Yeah. My point is this. Doping is also impossible to police 100%. So we have just one division for sport, no gender divisions, and also take as much drugs as you want. And at that point, everyone is at an equal playing field. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, well, not really because then you've got to... You've got to look into, okay, which countries have more money to actually put into it. And so then you have the divide. That's why you you look at what, like, long-distance running, it's... By the way, I'm not being serious, but I think it's fun to talk about. Yes. (laughs) Long-distance running is this... Anyone can do that. You don't need to have, like, the, the big institute of sports every country. Like, it's just like, no, if you're good at running, you just go practice running. That is true, yes. Yeah. I mean, there are... I'm sure there are advantages, but... To get into it, you just go, all right, do I have 
three hours to kill. Great, that's all I need. <laughs> what you need is a lot of time. Yeah. Hands. Whereas something like like pole vault, you need all the equipment. You can't do pole vault without having the crash mats, the the vault. That's so true. I mean, if you don't have the crash mats, no. it's, <laughs> you, well, can you can really can. <laughs> you can do it, but you're not going to get good. I mean, you can probably do it once. <laughs> yeah. So that's the only that's the only disadvantage with that. They could have a trampoline. I think you could you could combine pole vaulting and trampoline trampolining into the one sport where you pole vault over the thing, land on the trampoline, spin up in the air, yeah. and then land back over the. Because I always vault. used to think as a kid, I reckon I'd be good at skiing. I've just never been skiing. Because skiing disguise just requires so much money. Yes. Skiing equipment, I mean, if you're hiring skiing equipment, it's already yeah. crazy. I've, we've all been to Mount Buller. You've probably taken your kids to Mount Buller once. You've probably been stung, I would imagine. Not, not Mount Buller, but we've been to the snow. Yeah. yeah. If you go to the snow, you're getting stung. Imagine having to buy yeah. skis. I once looked into it just for the fun of it. I was like, oh, maybe I'll go to Buller for the weekend. I was like, oh, this is insane. Yeah. So you're right. There is that financial advantage that some sports yeah. are lending themselves towards more than others. But back to the drug thing. So Bruce, Bruce McEvaney still says that the greatest sporting event he ever witnessed was the 88 100-metre sprint where Ben Johnson won. He broke like 979. Was he on drugs? He was a Canadian uh, runner who was on drugs. Yeah. And there's a great documentary about that called 9.79 where six of the eight finalists post that race all failed drug tests. <laughs> so Carl Lewis... <laughs> was adamant he never took drugs and then it's a great documentary because you see this thing where one of the doctors are saying look it's quite easy to know who was on growth hormone because their jaw changes shape and like they go from having straight teeth to their teeth moving because like that's just how their jaw is moving and Carla was going I never took it and then you see him as an 18 year old nice big white smiley perfect straight teeth and then two years later he's wearing a plate like and he's obviously taken something because his teeth have moved and the, it's just cut so perfectly. Wow! But there's only two runners who were not like on any like drugs and stuff like that. So did they get promoted to gold and silver? No, no. Carl Lewis still won the gold because he tested. Like I think he tested positive. Then he retired, but this was like six or seven years after the '88 Seoul Olympics. Okay. But there's a guy from Jamaica, I think, and he's like, "Hey, I, I sleep easily." I have the best life. And then it ends with him just walking down the beach, like kind of kicking his heels. And I'm like, yeah, that guy, he gets it. Like it, he, I don't think he took it as seriously as the other ones. Where Ben Johnson is great in it because he's just saying, yeah, I took the drugs, but I also did all the work. I did, you can't just take drugs and expect to run really fast. I had to put in all the work. That is true. I've been taking steroids for a yeah. very long time and I still can't. Well, he, he would say that he, he did everything the best. He took the drugs the best, the he did the training the best, he ran the best. It's the same thing with Lance Armstrong. Have you seen that documentary? I think it's called... Is it just called Lance? It could just be called Lance. Yeah, yeah. there's another one called Icarus, but that's about the Russian yeah. doping scandal. But yeah, he talks about how much work and effort he put into the drug taking yeah. as well. <laughs> You've got to respect a guy yeah. who's got a bus following him around everywhere with bags of blood in that's the fridge. That's what I say, how much he raised for cancer research. Mm. You go, if someone said to you, hey... You can raise this much money for cancer research, but you've got to take these drugs and be in a, a bike race. You go, okay, yeah, that's going to be better for society if I raise all this cancer research money. 100%. Yeah. Also, as a fellow testicular cancer survivor, I kind of still love the man a little bit. Well, I did a show with Daniel Tobias, who also had testicular yes. cancer, and he was reading Lance Armstrong's book, and that he said that really motivated him to keep going with all the chemo and all that kind of stuff. So he goes, he's a hero to me. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's always, I've always found it interesting that the three men I know who have one testicle are me, Lance Armstrong, and Hitler. So, <laughs> yeah, a couple of the worst people in the world, 
And Hitler. Yeah. So, you know. My kids are obsessed with that fact that Hitler had one nut. That's all they know about Hitler. Like That's they asked about him the other day and, and then they said, oh, it's true, he only has one testicle, right? I said, yeah, he only had one testicle. But I'm not even sure if that's true or if that's just... The rumour is he lost it in World War I and that's what made him so angry. Because I know his sister wrote a book about him because he and his sister did not get on. And she said that as a child... It's strange because Hitler got on with so many people. <laughs> as a child, she caught him putting his dick in a goat's mouth. That's a fascinating story. That's in Because when I worked Wait, at a library... So he almost lost his penis as well. Almost, Crazy. although yeah, but the the kids like you'd get the big Hitler like biography and it would just fall open to that page because the kids are all fan <laughs> that page is just like oh yeah they don't know anything else about no. Hitler <laughs> just like, here's a dude who tried to fuck a goat and lost a <laughs> testicle what else did he do we don't know we didn't read past 1939 to be quite honest well that's my solution we just have everyone in the one category take as many drugs you want be whatever gender you want to be I don't care I think that's the only way, fair way to do it the alternative is. You clone everyone such that they are genetically exact yep. and only the, let the clones play sport and then they compete against each other because that is a fair playing field because everyone has the same genetics. I think what they need to do is find the most average person from each country. So you do a <laughs> census and get everyone's height, weight, age, and then you find what is the average of all that, and that person competes against every other country. Like, yeah. Is this just your way of trying to compete in the Olympics no, for Australia? No, but imagine that. Like, it would be, it'd be great. The census would be more fun, because you'd fill it in and go, oh, we might... I'm a chance. We might get in, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it works for... The whole country just gets behind one person, because they truly represent... They represent who we are as a country. If we want to get better, we all have to get fitter. Yes. Or, like... Breed so we're taller or whatever it is. Yes, yes, yes. And then you go, and then you truly know which country is the best. Is the most athletic. Yeah. Who do you think would win right now? Surely a Scandinavian country. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've been to Scandinavia. God, they're all just six foot four, just Vikings. Incredible stuff. Yeah, maybe, maybe they will. But then you, you look at really small countries where it's like, or even the Vatican. I guess. Be like, <laughs> <laughs> if the Pope's just bringing in super young. Yeah, when you've only got like 100 priests, people, yeah. a, you can train 100 people in your state to be really fit. Yeah. It's hard to get 25 million Australians on board yeah. with that. That, is, that would be, well, that would be an unfair advantage, though, unfortunately, Josh. Yeah. Now, now we're favouring the small nations. There we go. But I love the idea. Speaking of uh, countries competing against each other, so coming up uh, in uh, the world of sport is the Wimbledon competition. Yeah. And they face a lot of controversy this year because they have banned. Uh, players from Russia and Belarus, which can I just say, first of all, I think is weird. I, I don't think I think that's a good idea. It's so because it's not like when you're playing tennis that you're necessarily chosen to represent your nation. Yeah. Your, the, your nationality, I think, is incidental to you participating. I don't know why nationality is such a big thing in tennis. Is, is tennis, I don't really, I know there's lots of Russian tennis players. Is, is, as a Russian person, is that the number one sport in the country? Like, we, they follow... Is that what... It's more... It's not... Even though it is affecting the player, is it more a, hey, we want to punish the Russians so they don't watch and they can't enjoy the it's tennis? It's definitely about punishing the Russians because yeah. I don't think you'd want to punish Daniel yeah. Medvedev, for example, because I don't think he's done anything in particular. But he And he's like, you know, would be a top seed going into that yeah. and a good chance of winning, but he won't be able to yeah. compete there. I looked into it and apparently it's because the British government basically said to Wimbledon, we don't want you to have Russian or Belarusian, Belarusian players in the competition because 
if they perform well, it could be used as propaganda by the Putin regime. Yeah. Which would be weird because I feel like Putin's got heaps of propaganda yeah, no, anyway. Yeah, they can do it anyway. They yeah. just had their own, own tournament and say, yeah, we won. And so as a result of these players being banned, uh, the Wimbledon Championship has been stripped of ATP ranking points. Yeah. So it's basically just a big exhibition match now where everyone wears white and has a bit of a muck around. And earn a lot of money. And then I guess earn a lot of money still very much. Yeah. But what's fascinating about this story, which has just happened a couple of days ago, that a former Russian, now Georgian tennis player, her name is, this is her name, Natella Zalamidze. I looked it up. Last week I couldn't pronounce the name on the pod and Sal, our producer, was very disappointed in me. So I looked up how to pronounce Natella Zalamidze's name. Uh, great name, Natella. Yeah. Uh, she is a dual citizen. So she's both Russian and Georgian. And so in order to compete... At Wimbledon, she's in the she's in the doubles yep. tournament. She's decided, I'll just get rid of my Russian nationality and be Georgian for this competition, and so she's gotten in. That that's fine if you can do it. It's always I always find people who like, oh yeah, I've got a dual citizenship because my great grandparents were English. I'm like, yeah. that shouldn't work. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit bizarre how I've said, with a dual citizenship like that, she should apply for Parliament in yeah. Australia. Because <laughs> <laughs> remember when there was a. Uh, cricketer who was like a refugee and then they fast-tracked him because he was like a really good spin bowler and <laughs> and the Australian cricketing like selectors were like hey we can fast-track this person <laughs> and get him to play because it was at the end of like Shane Warne, Stuart McGill and we kind of had we had an opening we had an opening and they tried to, and then he didn't turn out great but I think he still got his citizenship do you know what's it's, I love how races are like fuck off we're full yeah. well we've got an opening in the bowling regiment can you do so. that like yeah <laughs> How's your wrist looking over there, mate? <laughs> well, what I find fascinating about this whole Wimbledon saga is, of course, we know the Russian athletes were banned from the Olympics and they yeah. kind of got in under this weird, sneaky yeah. umbrella as the Russian Olympic Committee, the ROC. Yeah. And their flag was <laughs> the same colours as the Russian flag. Did any of them, like, win any medals? Oh, they did quite well, did I they think. Because I... I wanted to know what they would have played if they won. They play like the Olympic song or whatever. The okay. Olympic anthem is, they just play that instead. Yeah. I, I always thought when I was watching that, I was like, don't let them have the Russian f- colors. Yeah. Make it like the rainbow color. Cause yeah. you know, Putin would hate that. He's notoriously homophobic. Like give them the LGBTQI plus flag and then play the Macarena as their national anthem when they win. But if you're competing, if you're like say, all right, I no longer have a country. I'm an independent person competing. Surely you get to design your own flag. Yeah. That's what should be. <laughs> Just. And then you could sell it off. Like get some sponsorship on your flag. Yeah, you could actually sell off advertising yeah, space on the flag. Yeah, get a Nike or Samsung on the flag <laughs> and just raise that. This, this country is brought to you by Nike. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I find interesting is like, I don't understand why Wimbledon can't just do that. I can't yeah. just have Russian, Belarusian players competing not under their nationality. Again, yeah. it comes back to this bizarre idea that in an individual sport like this where you're not selected yeah. to represent a country, you're still part of that country if that makes yep. sense like it's weird how like Nick Kyrgios is always representing Australia yeah tennis is one of those sports that everyone loves like Federer and so yes. you don't need someone from your own country to look up to and go oh what a role model for 100%. our kids there have been times where I've gone for Federer or Nadal yeah. over the Australian because I'm like I just love Fetty I love Nadal but it was that thing as well when Kim Clijsters and Leighton Hewitt were together and everyone's like oh Aussie Kim she's <laughs> so then as soon as she broke up like that Belgian bitch <laughs> <laughs> What I think is that it's interesting. It's an interesting precedent for Wimbledon 
to set to ban Russian players because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Because where does it stop? I don't. I don't want to sound like you know a Fox News correspondent yeah. making the slippery slope argument, but. Where does it stop? Because so many countries are committing human rights violations all the time. So oh. many countries are invading other countries all the time. I mean, yeah. you could argue that American tennis players should be banned over the war in Iraq. That and then I was thinking about Australia. I mean, we're abusing human rights here in our detention of refugees. Does that mean that Kyrgios and well, Atomic is not going to qualify for Wimbledon? So it doesn't matter. But maybe Kyrgios shouldn't be allowed to play. So what countries are left then? <laughs> not many. <laughs> We're going back to the Swedes again. <laughs> well, it's basically yeah, it's basically going to be like, I don't know, Ukraine? Yeah. It's basically the countries that I guess have been oppressed, which would be the only countries left. Yeah. So I'd be like Ukraine and New Zealand. New Zealand have a pretty clean record, I think. Yeah. And then New again, Zealand- this is a position of ignorance. What New Zealand tennis players, though? <laughs> well, that's my point. <laughs> it's going to be a pretty shitty ATP. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, speaking of what flags do people compete underneath, I think uh, this story is fascinating. So... Adam Bant, yep. Greens leader in uh, Australia, has uh, announced, I guess, that he's not going to be seen with the Australian flag anymore. So he has his press conferences. He doesn't have the Australian flag behind him. He has the First Nations flag, so the yep. uh, Aboriginal flag and the Torres Strait Islander flag behind him now. Yep. And as you can imagine, this has caused a big stir in the media. Do you have a position on whether he should have the flag or not behind him? I, I don't see, think it really matters. Uh, yeah, but I, I never thought about it. I never looked at a press conference and went, I feel pride because they've got the flag behind them. Mm. My thoughts on press conferences are you need to get the right balance between how many Australian flags yes. you have there, right? <laughs> because, I mean, clearly if you have zero Australian flags, that's going to upset a portion of the community. You find that offensive. Like I've seen, you know, Sky News interview veterans who are like, how dare Adam Bant disrespect yeah. what I fought for. And I'm like, I'm not sure if that, I'm not sure if he's having a crack at the Anzacs, you know no. what I mean? I think he's talking about colonialism. But if you have zero flags, that upsets a portion of the community. But then if you have lots of flags, then you're like, oh no, we're fascist yeah. now. Well that's the thing I <laughs> really, lots of flags is a red flag, ironically. It really I noticed this and it's kind of almost like this American patriot patriotic patriotism kind of thing coming through where in the 80s we never really had the flags that was like look at us we're australia we got the flag we had the boxing kangaroo flag people would wave that around that was at like wallabies matches and also the cricket and all that kind of stuff yeah i haven't seen that flag for a very long time and then i would slowly see it especially with australia day and the big day out coinciding where big day out banned people taking the flags because they're like really? yeah this was like in the early 2000s is that because it, like, it just obscures people's views it was this, just a pragmatic it thing. was this kind of thing they were kind of running with this whole no dickheads all right you can be patriotic but you don't have to get people to kiss the flag and hold the flag not everyone's comfortable with that no are they banning southern cross tattoos as well well this is the thing it kind of when you saw someone with a southern cross tattoo you, i didn't think that's someone who loves the country. I thought that's someone who, after a few drinks, wants to punch my head in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he loves punching people yeah. in the head. <laughs> and it, it is it is a weird thing where I look at people who love the flag, and it is like you said, red flag. Yeah, because it's been co-opted by right wing, far right nationalists. Yeah, I mean, whenever you see it, at, you know, you see it a lot at like reclaim Australia rallies when they were happening. Then you saw it a lot at the big freedom rallies that were protesting against vaccine mandates, etc. Yeah. And it is weird how I think that group of people have ironically uh, tarnished the representation of the flag because now a significant chunk of the population yeah. sees the flag as symbolic of 
fascism kind of like so occasionally you see cars driving around with a little flag yeah. on it and you're like you're not you're not working for the government <laughs> it's a <What>? Subaru <laughs> that's not a government car that's a Nissan Skyline 1998 yeah. I thought it was interesting when Scott Morrison made that big decision to have the Australian flag on the lapel yeah and his his idea behind it or justification was well it's a reminder of who we work for. I'm like, imagine having to be reminded every yeah. day who your boss is. Especially when you're the Prime Minister. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you <should know. laughs> like you go into Parliament House, you know, there's, fla- there's heaps of reminders in Parliament yeah. House. It's Parliament. I don't know, like we both work at Network 10. I've never forgotten who my boss is. No. It's Rove. Yeah. <laughs> I've met the man a few times. Like, hey, Rove, you're my boss. Someone like, else who would have been in the five foot seven basketball league. <laughs> yeah, you and Rove. I would love to see you two representing Australia. Hey, if you bring back that uh, average Australian thing, yeah. it could just be you and Rove one on one competing for that most average spot. I think he'd beat me. He'd beat me out. <laughs> when you just a flag that everyone likes, yeah, that that can unite us all because clearly the Australian flag is not uniting the whole country. Yeah. So I, and I think it's, you know, the Union Jack and the Southern Cross on there, they've been co-opted by these right-wing groups and it's demeaned the messaging behind them. We need stuff on that flag that we all like. I've got a few suggestions on things we could put on the flag. Tell me if you agree or not. So firstly, obviously the flag, we have to change the colours. Yes. Got to be green and gold. Those are the only two colours I think we like. Yeah. Because that represents all of our sporting teams and we all love our sporting teams. Yeah. So I think it has to be green and gold. Red, blue, and white also generic. Too many. Too many. What are we, France? Russia. America, yeah, we're Russia. So many. <laughs> I don't want to get cancelled like Russia. We got red, blue, and white. You can't have that on a flag anymore. That's yep. a cancellable offence. So it got to be green and gold. I think those are the colours. These are things that I think unite Australia. I hope anyway. Apologies if we're about to get cancelled. Vegemite. I think everyone loves Vegemite. Yep. I know that there are people in Australia who don't like Vegemite, but they deliberately keep quiet because yep. they know that if they say that out loud they're going to get cancelled. That's yeah. like the worst thing you can say in Australia is you don't like Vegemite. So I think a bit of Vegemite on there. Then a Bunnings sausage. I was going to say, yeah, you could just have the Bunnings logo as the flag. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if you're like a Mitre 10 tradie? Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to exclude those people. So maybe just not. Maybe just a sausage from Bunnings because we all yeah. love the sausages from Bunnings, I think. Yeah. Then I would say the movie The Castle. Yes. Everyone loves that movie. Yeah. I've never met someone who didn't like that movie. It doesn't have to be the whole movie projected onto the flag because otherwise you'd have to look at the flag for, you know, two hours to kind of get the full messaging of the flag. But just like maybe a picture of the cast. Or just a, a quote from it. Tell him he's dreaming. Tell him he's dreaming. Yeah. Even that would We're be great. a country of dreamers. Perhaps a young Eric Banner. Yeah. That's on the flag. And then I'm thinking who else is in Universal Love by Australia? Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, yeah. Hugh Jackman. Everyone loves Hugh. I, I don't think anyone has anything mean to say about Hugh Jackman. The boy from Oz. And then I think also we could have Ash Barty. Yep. Everyone loves Ash Barty. Universally loved. Yep. And then lastly, Powderfinger. Yeah, so that's where you're going to lose a few people. Really? Yeah. You think Powderfinger is the most controversial thing on that flag? <clears throat> I think so, yeah. I think uh, hardcore music fans. I think if you went more on ACDC, if you went oh, older, okay. yeah, Sorry. you might get, get people go, oh, yeah, I can get behind ACDC. Midnight Oil. Maybe as well. Midnight Oil, though, very political. Yeah, and you can't have true. your flag can't be political. That's true. I, I thought Powderfinger because you can't have Jet or Thirsty Merc. No. Because I've seen a lot of people shit on them recently online. 
And then I thought Powderfinger still has this beautiful nostalgia about them yeah. that we all enjoy. They haven't made an album for a very long time. Yeah. And so we still have fond memories of them. Whereas if they made an album, everyone would be like, well, it's not as good as the old one. And so we would probably have to cut them out of the flag. I think maybe Tame Impala could be a good one as well. Tame Impala, like not Tame, bad. Because they've got more more like universal appeal. Yes. Yeah. Do we want universal appeal though? This is our flag. Yeah, but you don't want to have to explain the flag to people. You want to say, oh, they, they got Tame Impala. Yeah, I like that country. I guess I want you to like it in particular because you're the one who's going to be competing under this yes. flag at the next Olympics when you represent the most median people in the world. Well, my theory with the flag, I think we should change the flag up every four years. Love that. And change the anthem as well. And make it a competition. Make it like a Eurovision kind of thing where it's like we all get to vote. <laughs> what is the song that's going to represent us in this? Because as a country, we want to be evolving. We don't want to be like... Because too much this tradition is like... Then you get people like who don't even care about what it represents. They just care because it's old. And they think, yes. oh, that's what makes it important. Yes. And you're like, change it up. Don't, don't worry about it. Like, you can't give the Australian people that much power though. Because you, you know that they'll make Crazy Frog the anthem for four years. Well, that's what we live with. We live with that. That represents us then. Then we've got to live with that for four years and go, oh. Oh, you're saying it's just a, it's a learning experience. Yeah, we like, live we with ha- it. We oh, have to we, live we with we the fucked concert. that one up, didn't we? It's like, <laughs> it's like we do that with politicians. Yeah, we fucked that up. Yeah, we shouldn't have voted for them. Well, I think the most Australian thing I saw this week, other than the flag debate, was in the Northern Territory, a man confronted a stray crocodile with a frying pan hit it a few times, drove it away. A huge frying pan. That's what people are <laughs> yeah. talking about. It's so big, this frying pan. I don't know where it lives in his cupboards. It is so big. That frying pan was almost bigger than the crocodile. It's bigger than suggest. a wok. Yeah. Like, it's huge. I, I actually thought it was one of those shallow woks. Yeah. <laughs> it's huge. He smacks the... Go check it out. It's The footage is out there on the yep. internet. He smacks his crocodile a few times. And you mentioned this as well, that... When I first saw it on Twitter, yep. it said, oh, Florida man yeah. has gone crazy. I was like, oh, thank God this is not Australia. Thank God it's Florida. Because I, I get annoyed when these videos get picked up and get shared around the internet yep. because it just paints the whole country so poorly. It's like when that Simpsons episode, when the family, the Simpsons come to Australia and yes. they had like the Prime Minister in like a rubber tube in the, <laughs> in the lake and going, oh, it's truth. And it's like, oh, we're not like that. And then you look at Bob Cannon and go, oh, we kind of are a bit like that. And then you see this and go, yeah, we're, we are a bit like that. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, all good comedy is based in truth. Yeah, yeah. that is fair enough. But it does frustrate me because you remember when uh, that video of the guy punching a kangaroo went viral? A few years ago, a kangaroo attacked a man's dog. This bloke jumps out of his vehicle, confronts the kangaroo that's attacking his dog, literally punches the kangaroo like a proper jab across the jaw. And the kangaroo's like, yeah, yeah, fair enough, mate, and then jumps away. Yeah, but we loved, as a a country, we loved when the surfer, like, is it Mick Fanning, punched the shark? Yes. We do like when we punch wildlife. (laughs) (laughs) We we take such pride in... Like, people just having a go. <laughs> the three most viral moments in Australian history are man hitting a crocodile with a frying pan, yeah. Mitch Fanning punching a shark, and that bloke punching a kangaroo. There's the other clip as well, which I'm a bit older than you, but in my childhood, there's a, there was a... I forget what the show was called, but I think Shirley Strawn was hosting it, and they had a kangaroo on set... And it was like one of the, someone was dressed up as a monster, like yeah. Marty the monster, it may have been. And the kangaroo fully attacks the person in the costume, and they would play it all the time as like the best bits of Australian TV, <laughs> and just see this guy get absolutely belted by a kangaroo. Like the kangaroo goes back on its tail and does the full kick, which 
what they're trying to do is they're trying to rip your testicles off. Yeah, that's that real thing. bad. Yeah. If a kangaroo goes back on the yeah. tail, that's how that's how Hitler lost his testicle. <laughs> Shouldn't have been trying to put his dick in its pouch. Yeah. <laughs> but, See, lucky the internet didn't exist back yeah. then. That would have gone viral. But we love it. We've always loved it. We've always loved people either getting attacked but living. Yes. By they do animals. have to live, yes. Yeah, or someone fully having a go at it if it's... We, do, we can't start it. We're not allowed to start, just go up to... It the, has to be the animal's fault. It has to be the animal yeah. coming into our... And then we go, right, we're going to fucking do... Yeah. It's like big snakes and everything like that. We love... I think because it's such a bad look for the country when this stuff goes viral, I think it really does make us look like, you know, hicks living out in the forest. Yeah. I think we just need a separate internet for Australia because like we want to see this content yeah. I want to see the dude hitting the crocodile with a frying pan but I don't want other people to see it I think we need just like a separate viral section on the internet for Australia yeah although we love to dip into this kind of stuff when we're selling Australia overseas oh, we're come, always, like, come to Australia come to Australia <laughs> you'll always get to the, hit a crocodile yeah, with a frying pan like the Steve Irwins of, the, of Australia really did sell Australia for a lot of people going, oh, I'd love that. Because I've got family who, like, in-laws who are not Australian, they're English, and they are petrified of spiders in Australia. I'm, I'm like, petrified of spiders in Australia. But I'm like, hey, we live in Melbourne. It's a, it's a big, big city. You, you're not going to see huge spiders. Okay. Like, it's just, we need to say, Australia's a very big country. If you want to go to the batshit crazy stuff... <laughs> We present you Darwin. Yeah. Just send everyone a copy of the NT News and go, hey, right. this is this is what this place is. We should just be like, hey, disclaimer, this is yeah. Darwin. It's its, its not- own territory. Yeah, it's, we literally don't even let it be a state. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, thank you very much for uh, coming on the pod. I feel like we've solved a lot of problems today. Thanks for having me. Um, have you got anything you'd like to plug for our 14-year-olds on TikTok? I've started a new podcast. I, di- I did an old podcast called Don't You Know Who I Am, which you've been a guest on a few times. Great podcast. Uh, I finished that and now I'm doing a new one called 100% Hits Volume Pod. And uh, in the 90s and 2000s, there was this compilation series called 100% Hits. Mm. And they were like 20 songs, the best pop songs of the time. And I, just, I used to get those albums, yeah, yes. I just go through those albums. So we're up to volume four now. How many volumes are there? There's uh, up to 33 volumes. So this is a 66-part uh, podcast. Oh, well, you've, already, you've already planned out the 66 episodes. Yeah. Wow. And so side A is one uh, episode, side B is the second episode. Fantastic. And so there's people like Guy Montgomery, uh, Kevin Mitchell from Jebediah has been on, uh, Geraldine Quinn's been on, uh, Michelle Brazier. Uh, Jess Perkins, Matt Stewart. It's fun. Go check it out and obviously follow you at Mr. Josh Mr. Earl. Mr. Josh Earl on all the socials. Fantastic. Mate, thank you so much for coming on board. Thank you. And uh, I look forward to uh, unveiling the Australian flag next week yeah. to our next guest. <laughs> See what they think. <laughs>